Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into our world. Step into our world. Step into our world. Step into
Beyond Talk. Hello, 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 and welcome to Beyond Talk with Faith McKinney. I am so glad that you are taking the time this evening to spend with us this day after Martin Luther King Jr. Day. How are you? I am Faith McKinney, author of Schmingling, the Art of Being Well-Connected Through Blatant Self-Promotion and Media Coach. I help authors, entrepreneurs, and experts get the self-promotion and the PR and the press they need their businesses thrive. I'm so excited to uh, to have you on today. Uh, we have a wonderful show. I'm so excited to introduce a guest that we um, were going to have last week, but we didn't get to film last, uh, to share our story last week. But Cherie Commons Cammons is on the line, and I want to also thank our producer, Ms. Jacqueline Taylor Adams, for producing our show, and thank you for our song today, "Step Into a World." By KRS-One, it got me going. I know it's late, but it got me going and up and ready to go. So without any further ado, we have Ms. Sherry Kamen. She is a serial entrepreneur. She has several businesses and an incredible story. Sherry, are you on with me? I am. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Thank you so Great. much for joining us. You know, I've, I've, uh, I think our audience um, will kind of get get into this because it's kind of a, a, a love fest already. I've been reading up about you, and I know we have so much in common. But I would love for you, um, as a serial entrepreneur, a successful woman, and mother, and caregiver, to um, share with our audience uh, your story, and uh, and then we'll go from there. Sure, sure. So. Um... Like, like you said, my name is Cherie Cammon, and I am the founder and uh, owner of the BAM, um, Black Friday Market and the BAM Market. And, but before then, uh, I, like you, I saw, I, I did some things, uh, read up on you two faith, and you have a very powerful story. Oh, my goodness. But I know it's not about you, not me, but I mean, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> So just like you, uh, in, in, in 2003 for me is when I found myself, uh, I became um, a full-time caregiver. I had uh, my second son, and he was born with end-stage renal disease, um, which is kidney failure for those who don't know. And he was mm-hmm. born that way. He had, uh, it's called, in medical terms, it's called post-urethral uh, valve uh, blockage. And so... Um, he was in the womb, and basically he didn't have any um, uh, amniotic fluid to float around in, and so they had to go in. He had his first surgery in womb, and they went in and, and, and made a shunt and made sure that there was uh, fluid and amniotic fluid for him to start moving around and develop. And uh, at first they thought that he wouldn't have uh, lungs. His lungs would not develop, and so they just knew that he was going to pass away after birth, and um, I believe that we were given brains for a reason and that these doctors were given brains by God and that if, if it was God's will, he would survive. And he came out screaming and hollering. He had some really, really powerful lungs, but his <laughs> kidneys had been destroyed um, because the, the blockage in his valves had backed up from his bladder and then into his kidneys. So his kidneys uh, were destroyed before they got were able to even develop. Uh, oh, wow. And so 2003... 
um, I was working, you know, nine to five. I was, uh, you know, had a nice little cushy uh, state job. And I was just, you know, didn't really know exactly all that I wanted to do. Um, you know, the state job was just something until I figured out what I wanted for real in my career. It wasn't anything exciting. It was tax and finance. And um, which is weird because I went to school for full, full, full scholarship for singing. That was my, I was a vocal <laughs> singer. So that was my, that was my uh, full-time that that would have been something I was going to do. But anyway, uh, left that, started, you know, started caring for him in 2003. He was so tiny. I, I don't think they've, I don't, I don't think they had anyone that small to actually have to do dialysis on. So I was doing manual dialysis on him for eight hours a day. And then when he got a little bit bigger, uh, they had, he had this machine, but for a long time, it was eight hours a day of dialysis. And even with the machine, it was still a very, um, just rigorous treatment and you couldn't find anyone to, I couldn't find anyone to watch him because it was just a lot of special care and lots of other things. He had to, had to put tube, a tube up his nose down into his, um, uh, his, his stomach so he could eat. Uh, he, he wasn't able to uh, thrive. And so just a lot of care went into this new baby and uh, my life completely changed. Mm. And uh, after that, I was listening to one of your interviews, Faith, and uh, I listened to uh, you describe yourself being a victim, um, being a caregiver, and it really is like that. It's like being held hostage. Um, <laughs> you, everything changes. You love this child, and you love, like you said, it, it is a gift from God, but it is life-changing, and it really kind of, you put everything on hold. You put uh, everything about yourself on hold. Uh, you know, whether it was like you going to get your nails done, anything about you, you know, any like new mothers times, you know, 1000, you know, there's, you just have complete stop <laughs> of whatever, whatever it is that you need, you don't take care of, you take care of this child. And then if you have another child, like I did, you know, it, everything mm-hmm. goes into that. And so, um, can I, can I stop you there real quick because sure. I'm really glad you said that because this is the first feedback that I've ever had from that interview. And I really felt uh, a little guilty about saying that, but that's exactly how I felt. And so you uh, affirming that, <laughs> I feel so much better because hopefully <laughs> that interview will help other, other women in our situation. So I, I just had to say that. Thank you so much. You're fine. I, I think, and and I think that, you know, we don't have a lot of people speaking out about, you know, how it feels to be a long-term caregiver of someone that has special needs like that. I mean, there are groups and things that you can, you know, be a part of, but you don't really hear a lot of people speaking genuinely about how it feels. And, and, and I think that you're allowed to feel how you feel uh, mm-hmm. because it changes your life completely. And, and for me, like I said, it was like being held hostage. Um, and yes, you love this, this little being that you have, but you're just like, you realize, because with a regular parent, you realize that at some point you'll be able to, I'll be able to do something different at some point. They're going to grow up and be able to be self-sufficient to a certain point, mm-hmm. whether it's kindergarten or whatever, but when you have a child with disabilities and you realize quickly that that may not happen for you. Um, and so I wasn't sure. Um, with my second one, if that, that was going to happen, but I knew at that point um, there was going to be some changes because I had to quit my job 
And in the midst of that, I was also going through an abusive relationship, um, mm-hmm. really abusive. And so uh, in the midst of all that, I was fleeing that. Uh, and we were homeless for um, for at least six months. We were homeless. Um, the the uh, hospital found out uh, that that was an abusive relationship and tried to get me into a women's shelter where I was at, and there was no room. <laughs> so it sounds like Mary does, but there was no room at the shelter. There was no room there. No room. They was like, there's no room. And so they moved us to this, I think it was like this um, halfway house where someone who was having uh, people who were trying to get over addictions. And it was really nasty. It wasn't a place that I would want uh, two small children. At the other time, my oldest one was four, no, five. And uh, I just remember just thinking, hmm, you know, maybe I should go back. You know, this, this is another, you know, feeling how you want to, how you feel at that oh, yeah. moment. And I was thinking, you know, I was the one being, you know, verbally abused, physically abused. I mean, it wasn't until I, I was being choked up against the wall that I was thinking, okay, I can't be here because, mm-hmm. you know, I have to make sure I'm taking care of my children. But um, mm-hmm. it, I started really thinking, I was like, okay. My, my infant needs a clean environment. When I'm doing this dialysis, you could get really, really sick if he catches anything. Uh, his immune system is compromised, and I can't, I, I shouldn't be here. I'm putting my child in danger. And before, really, I had a chance to even go back, the hospital found out that we were in this nasty place and moved us to the Ronald McDonald house that was right across the street from them. And we stayed oh, there wow. for quite a bit until I was able to move and uh, move back to Texas. I started working um, from home shortly after, um, and it really wasn't work work. It was more of networking, network marketing. You know, you're trying out the the Mary Kay, you're trying out the Avon, you're trying out what can I do to make sure I'm trying to bring in money for myself, um, that I'm not being dependent on the government. And yes, there are social security and stuff like that, but I don't think people understand that is not enough to that money is like, okay, either you're going to feed your child, you're going to get your child meds, uh, or you're going to keep lights on, which one are you going to do? You know? So I really had to make sure I was, I had to find a way to bring in some income uh, where I could actually take care of my family um, that I had at the time. And uh, I, I, I I do have to interrupt again. Sorry. Go ahead. Your story, your story is just, it's so parallel to mine and I really have never, talked about it. I've never spoken really publicly about the, you know, abuse and, and me leaving my home with my child as well and going to a shelter. So I, I, I totally understand. And, and this is something that, you know, people or parents who have special needs children, they are really, um, they, if they're in an abusive situation, they have extra things to think about, you know. Right. And and I did go back. I went back because I knew that, you know, I have this child that I cannot necessarily take care of, or I don't want to uh, expose her that much longer in an environment that really wasn't wasn't clean and it wasn't safe. I had right. a safe place, but it wasn't ideal. Right. And, um, but yeah, I I did go back and and we were we stayed married another um, seven years, but um, I totally feel your pain. I totally do. So I I'm so happy that you're you're here. I, I apologize for interrupting you're one more good. time. But yeah, please go ahead. <laughs> you're fine. Um, 
so yeah, we stayed at the Ronald McDonald house and, uh, oh, okay. So I'm fast forward. So, uh, I started trying to find ways to work from home and, and this was probably around 2004 at the time. And, um, you know, the MLM, uh, you know, it's been around a long time, multi-level marketing, but I quickly found out that that was not for me, um, mainly because I needed just, you know, asking people to take off makeup so I could put more makeup on, not me. You know, I, I like to put on makeup, but that's just not my thing. And, you know, I'm not a pushy salesman either. So, you know, come buy this lipstick that I have. How much lipstick can I sell you? You know, how much jewelry can I sell you? And I went through, you know, a couple of, you know, beauty MLMs and a couple of, you know, jewelry MLMs. And I think the, re- the reason I got into it, a good friend of mine when I was going to church, she was like, oh, my gosh, you look so pretty when you put your makeup on and blah, blah, blah. And it was not blah, blah, blah. I know she was. <laughs> I know but she was being sincere. <laughs> right. Being sincere. Yeah. And she was like, you would be really good at this. And just because, you know, quickly, I found, just because I like putting it on my face does not mean I like to sell it. And I really, really did not like selling it. Um, but those network marketing um, um, you know, adventures kind of taught me about myself and taught me that, no, I don't like selling, but I like marketing. I really love marketing. I really love showing people how they can stand out from other people because, you know, right, there's like 50 million, you know, Mary Kay <laughs> consultants. Right. And how are you going right? to stand out when there's, right. everybody's wearing the same red, red jacket? <laughs> right. So, um, you know, I was, I was at the church I was going, there's like, had to be like 12 of them already there. And everybody had their little, you know, crew that they were selling to. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. So, you know, the internet was really helpful in, you know, searching out more people that I could sell to. Um, but I really just found out that I, I was, I excelled in helping people stand out, um, helping people kind of brand themselves. Um, and I, and I didn't go to school for that. I, I went to school, like I said, for singing. I went to school for music, um, but really fell in love with that. And um, I did. I started to explore that more. I, I explored a lot of things. Um, I started breaking out, like like what you said, you know, from being the victim. I started breaking out from feeling like I was being held hostage to I'm an adapter. I'm resilient. So trying to figure out how can I make this work, but how can I, you know, um, excel in whatever um, – However, however long a rope that God has given me with this, you know, with this caregiving business, uh, how, you know, how far can I go and make sure that I excel and not let it hold me back? I was determined not to let it stop me from doing whatever I was supposed to be doing with my life. And so I'm still trying to figure out and, and, and doing all that marketing and then starting to um, work with other caregivers. So I started working with other caregivers um, that were staying at home. I figured out that they started doing these, um, it was not telemarketing. I wasn't a telemarketer, um, but it was, um, the the word is escaping me, but call centers, you you could Mm -hmm. do call centers or if you, if, even if you're a doctor, if you're a nurse, you could do, you know, just, um, these, that's the best word I can think of is call centers. But if you like something else. A customer service or. um, Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's. Big yeah, it was a company I was working for, like Alpine Access, and um, they were hiring for like Dillard's, and I think 
you know, 1-800-Flowers and Sprint and all these other big companies, like you were saying, that you could be a call center and work from home. And that was bringing in consistent income. Um, and that was wonderful. It wasn't something like I, I was working on commission. That was really work that I could do from home and then be with my child and learning how to do that and uh, learning kind of the, the ins and the outs of that, you know, and how to have a successful interview with these people and how to present yourself in the best light for these people. Um, learning that and then sharing that with other caregivers who were kind of, you know, trying to just stay above water. Um, I found out a new love, and that was encouragement and um, giving people hope when they felt like, when they felt that there was none, when they felt that, okay, this is not going to work, and I'm just never going to make it, I'm never going to be able to do it, and, you know, giving them different options, and I mean, I just, I just really loved doing that, so that was another kind of piece of the puzzle that came along with this, this, you know, this new road, this new path that I started taking because of being a caregiver and, and, and then moving away from that horrible situation that I was in. Um, so then uh, that was when I, I found it creative call uh, marketing. And that's because I just felt like I was creatively called <laughs> to do something. Felt like I was creatively called to help others and to kind of guide others and still trying to figure out how I was going to do that. And I was doing it for I, so I long. I have a question. I have a question sure. real quick. So how did you discover the creative, the, well, the call center, the call, the call um, business model the, for uh, your business? How did you find that? Research. Um, because I was at home all the time, um, Internet. I got on the Internet, and I researched uh, work at home. And you come across a lot of scams. You come across a lot of people who are really just trying to take advantage. And that's another thing. That's another reason that I felt like I was called to help other people because there was lots of scams that people were falling into because they legitimately needed a place, a way to work from home. And there were so many people who were prying off of others. And I just, you know, whoever I could help, you know, I'd be like, hey, you know, this is where you can do, you can do this work and it's real, it's free, you don't have to pay anything to work, you know, those jobs, oh, you just got to send in, you know, $150 and, and then you can work for us, you know, so really, you know, trying to show people this is real and this is not real, showing the people, you know, the difference between what is legitimate and what is not, and uh, basically, you know, it was just because me was, you know, trial and error and learning what worked and what didn't, and then after I did, I shared it eagerly and for free <laughs> with a lot of people who were <laughs> caregivers. Um, and so really with that, you, you kind of, I never, I don't like being out in the limelight. I don't like being out um, in the spotlight. I like to help behind the scenes. I like to give people that push that they need. And so mm-hmm. uh, with creative call marketing, it, it, I didn't really advertise it out there. I didn't really make a big deal out of it. It was kind of like, uh, word of mouth. And then in 2015, I felt that I needed to make a turn, a change with my business and try to figure out, okay, I like this stuff, but it's not really making me a whole bunch of money. Uh, and I'm doing a lot more of charity than I am, you know, business work. Uh, I, I, I learned how to do website building. I learned how to do graphic design. I learned how to do videography. A lot of this stuff, like I said, when you're a caregiver, you're at home 
and I am voracious in learning. I love to learn. I love to soak up ideas oh, and yeah. love how, you know, love to see how I can make things work and have all these wheels turning. And so I taught myself a lot uh, when it comes to um, technology and building and web development and marketing and advertising, social media marketing. Um, and, and so I decided that, okay, I've got to figure out, there's some other things that I'm seeing that's coming about. And if this was like said 2015, I'm like, there's, there's a whole bunch of crap <laughs> that is going down. Um, and I know that some things need to change. And uh, so I, there's this woman named Marie Ferrello. I think I'm saying her mm-hmm. last name wrong. Forleo. 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 There we Forleo. go. Forleo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had been listening to her for quite a bit. And uh, the B school, you know, I, Several years, even before then, I had thought about joining for B-School. And I was like, mm, I have. I saved up the money, too. I saved up the money. But Ooh. I was like, you know what? Serene, Serene, Serene. Oh, hold on, sorry. hold on, hold on, hold on. So okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite our, our audience to call in because this is okay. the juicy part. Real quick, I'm going to invite the <laughs> audience. If you want to call in, if you have any questions, our number is area code 646 Seven nine nine four. Again, our number is six four six seven one six seven nine nine four. And I am so excited. When I when I saw this part, um, your video for Marie Forleo, which you're, you're going to tell us in a few minutes, I was blown away. And um, I'm not sure if our producer wants to take a break right now, but I'm gonna I want to kind of savor this moment. So. Um, I want you to go ahead and, and, and just start telling us about um, Marie Forleo because I know I've been following Marie Forleo's videos for a long time. They're amazing. And for anybody who's interested in, um, you know, a, an entrepreneur, especially women uh, who want someone to identify with who's doing something um, great in the world, uh, Marie Forleo puts out a lot of great content. Um, every week, every Tuesday, she has these beautiful videos and um, uh, interviews that she does, and uh, she's just a really a, a joy to watch. Her videos are, are entertaining. So when I saw that you, Cherie, were affiliated with Marie Forleo, I said, "Oh wow, we're going to have to do some hashtagging and some and some tagging of Marie. <laughs> we're going to exploit this one." <laughs> So um, let's go ahead, and we're going to take a break. And, uh, again, audience, if you want to call in, 646-716-7994. And when we come back, Cherie Kamen, she's going to tell us about her experience with Marie Forleo after this. I made it to the top and I'm never coming down. They wanted me to flop, but instead I run the town. I'm rolling in a drop, I'm headed for the clouds. Hit them haters, yelling stop, I continue with the rounds. I'm reaching for the yacht, stepping in battlegrounds. I deserve to the knock, opportunity pounding. You can listen or just watch. Promise you I'm a sound and give them everything I got and watch the plan from underground. 
now wait, you really trying to tell me I ain't personality? No gimmick, no ghost, and no apologies. Or better yet, no smoke, just terminology. But see, I get it, uh, it's my biology. Prophecy over probably, quality over quantity. Harmony when I'm zoning, philosophizing. Logically, consciously, I'm dividing the lines. From the arteries, audibly, I'm controlling the flow. It's all I only and best believe that I'm predetermined to win. Ayy, and I'm back at it again. In the final second, I elevate in my direction. Leave them to wonder why they ever second guess. Me, they never recognize a queen. They never saw that I was backed by a king. So my arrival is more than what it seems. And my survival is more than what I it means. I listen to a minute, wonder if I lose. Being watching is a watching like I have a choice to choose. And I was born to win, the born to be amused. And when the dust settles, rose petals feather when they bloom. Now, riddle me who? Intelligence on the move. I know you're sleeping, believing this is what I do. And I leave them with a few of them iller thoughts for you to sum. I'm the one who's drilling my inner killer with mirror none. We've been overdue and now I'm running over you. The lack of women in the game is something that I'm over to. Get over you if you refuse to see the news. Cause I'm over being divided and blindsided over truth. Being a young, understand I will ever do. 30 to life for being gifted, I supply the truth. Look in the light, I know you blinded by the cues. But I'm hoping that you're soaking in the cold. And while I don't mean that's believe that I'm predetermined to win. Ayy, and I'm back at it again in the final second. I elevate in my direction. Leave them to wonder why they ever second guess. Me, they never recognize a queen. They never saw that I was backed by a king. So my arrival is more than what it seems. And my survival is more than what it means. I'm a movement. All right, and welcome back to Beyond Talks. I am Faith McKinney, your host author of Schmingling, The Art of Being Well-Connected Through Blatant Self-Promotion and Connect with Faith Media Coaching. And I'm on the line. Oh, we were just heard I'm a Movement by Intelligence. It got me going. It's available on iTunes. So I'm a Movement by Intelligence. Go out and get that right now. So we are talking with Cherie and she is the social entrepreneur and founder of BAM, Black Friday Market. And Cherie has an amazing story about how she got connected to one of my heroes, Marie Forleo. So, Cherie, please finish telling us about how you uh, got connected to Marie Forleo. Sure. So, um, as I was saying, in, in 2015, I started looking at creative call marketing and um, like I said, I did a lot of um, just voracious, you know, learning on how to do, you know, marketing and advertising, um, how to do website development, how to do video, you know, video creation. Um, and you did and all I, of this at home, right? You did I did all, all of this, this at home. On your own. All of this at home. Mm-hmm. And and I also, you know, with Creative Call Marketing, I did mention that I wasn't doing a lot of uh, just, you know, just volunteer work with it. I wasn't really trying to make a lot of money with creative call marketing, but a lot of people that I came across, uh, and I do need to say I was freelancing. So I was, um, I was working with this uh, larger company called Smash for a bit, uh, where I was um, helping them with um, marketing and I was a business, the business development um, manager for a while. So, (laughs) I mean, I did a lot of um, freelancing. I did a lot of connecting with larger corporations and stuff like that. Uh, in the midst of doing this. But in 2015, I really decided that I wanted to kind of break away from that. Uh, And again, all from home, but it felt like, you know, just I was doing some serious work. 
and wanted to do something more for, I wanted to help people. So I started really, you know, uh, the corporation was taking a lot of my time uh, and was kind of taking me off of focus from helping people that I, I really wanted to do, pulling me away from my calling of being that encourager, of being that person that kind of helps people. I want people to, you know, step on my hands and, and, you know, get up there, you know, get to where they're trying mm-hmm. to be. And so I was being pulled from that. So 2015 came around. I had been eyeing Marie for a long time, you know, watching her videos. Um, and I don't do a whole bunch of commenting. There's a lot of people who are, you know, just very outspoken. I'm not one of those. So, but from the distance, looking at her and saying, you know what? You know, I, I, I had made enough money um, from from what I was doing freelancing that I had quickly saved up enough to, you know, do, I, I just, I could invest in the, in the B-School. But she, you know, did the call for scholarships. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and try the scholarship. You know, you, you should at least, at least try it. You, you feel bad, you know, if you didn't at least do that. And you, if you didn't have to, you know, spend that amount, you could spend on something else in your business or spend it on, uh, on, on helping someone else, then you do that. But see if you can do the scholarship. So I sent in my video, and I have to tell you it was last minute because the whole time I was thinking, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. I, I was looking, wow. you know, you start comparing yourself to all these people. So I'm looking at all these other entries going in because she had it up for, I think, about a week. I can't remember how long it was. You had how, how much time you had to get your video in, but it wasn't a very long time. And so mm-hmm. all, the whole time I'm, you know, surfing and looking at all these videos that are coming in because they have to put the title, you know, B-School for 2015 or whatever. And I'm like, you know, you see all these very energetic people and, hi, Marie. And they look all happy and peppy, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired because, and at this time too, I'm also pregnant at the time, so I'm pregnant, oh, wow. and, I'm and I'm just like, you know, I'm like, oh my goodness, okay, Cherie, you know, my husband, I told my husband, I had remarried already, I've been married happily for seven years to this man that is all I can say is a godsend. I've I've never met any man like him before. Um, but, you know, my husband was like, okay, well, just, you know, babe, just call me, just text me when you win. It was not if you win, it was when mm-hmm. you win, just let, you know, just let me know when you see that you win. I was like, stop being so, you know, arrogant, you know, this, this, you know, I was just like, this is not, this is just, I'm just going to try it. But I didn't believe, honestly, I didn't believe that I had a shot because of what I saw from other, these other entries. And she had thousands and thousands of entries. And so I put this thing together. And I wanted to do it differently than everybody else. Everybody else, you know, they got in front of the camera and they spoke. And I just kind of wanted to do mine like it was some kind of intel, you know. She was looking through all these things. And I remember I, I remember thinking if it was me, I would get bored because I was just like, is there yeah. someone have to make another <laughs> format, you know. And so I just, I just decided that I was going to do a little bit different. But, yes, I was still going to get in front of the camera. So I did it like it was an intelligence type video. It was amazing. <laughs> that was an amazing video. <laughs> Thank you. And so gave her some intelligence and just quick things that she needed to know about me and then got in front of the camera so that she could, you know, uh, see me and then hear from me what it is I was really trying to do. And all I knew is that she could help me. You know, she had this course, this amazing course. And just from her videos, it would be amazing. I could see it. And I was just like, you know, I want to learn more. I want to, you know, I want to to delve into this. And I know that if I can do this, it will kind of give me that light bulb moment. 
and what I need to do with my business. And wow. so um, I submitted it last minute. I think it was like maybe 20, 15 to 20 minutes left to submit the video. And oh, I submitted you, the video. That was last minute. It was last minute, right? And so I submitted the video uh, after I finished the editing of, of the video. And um, I was completely shocked when I looked at her website and my name was there. Like, I had to keep looking at it. It was like, it surely is. Does that say Sheree Cameron? Oh my gosh, it says Sheree. No, that does not say Sheree Cameron. And I texted my husband. He's like, I told you, I told you he was going to win. You know, and, and so that was, it was, a, it's an exciting journey being part of that. Um, group being part of that that little inside you know group of of B schoolers, and wow. I've met so many amazing people. Um, just just yesterday on MLK Day, I was interviewed by one of the B schoolers, um, um, Nicole, um, of of Black the Black Sheep Society. So we did an interview together, and just meeting these people and watching these women grow their business and the brilliance that is behind some of these businesses, these women are brilliant. And, and then also understanding that with their brilliance comes a real insecurity. You're, you're a human being. And what if someone doesn't like me? What if someone criticizes me? What if someone hates my idea? And I remember thinking those things, you know, my whole thing was, Mm -hmm. okay, people are going to, when I decided that I, I, so BAM's coming up and I'll tell you about that. But I know one thing when I started thinking about before, you know, before I really acted on it, I was like, people are going to question my blackness. Who am I to do this? Because I live in a majority mm. uh, white neighborhood right now. But people don't know mm. that I've lived in Detroit, Michigan, in one of the ooh, one of the areas that was rough. I mean, we got robbed like nine times. Um, I remember on Archdale Street. And, you know, wow. I've lived in different, I've lived, it feels like I've lived so many different lives in my, you know, my 30 some odd years, I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> like, you know, I've done so many different things from, you know, having, being in an abusive relationship, being a single parent, being a mother of dis- disability. And then here's the other thing. So after I won the scholarship, I was happy, yay for that. But then a couple months after that, right into B-school, um, I, I, had a stillborn baby. My baby, right a week before he was born, supposedly born, passed away. No one knows why. We don't know why. I mean, it's just, it's like the story of life. You know, things happen. And um, I remember just thinking that took me, that took a while to get over. Um, And I remember emailing Marie and she was so sweet because when you join up, you have to make a promise that you're going to go through this B school. You're going to promote it. You're going to talk about it. And I, the last thing I wanted to do was sit in front, of, in front of my computer and do anything. I mean, it was just, I mean, I was getting up, I was eating, you know, Dove chocolate covered blueberries for breakfast and watching, binge <laughs> watching, you champion. know, right. Yeah. I was binge watching, a, <laughs> what was it? Once upon a time and any kind of the show that I could watch that would, you know, kind of bring me out of this reality that I had just lost a child. And um, no one prepares you for that, you know, no one prepares you for that in pregnancy. They prepare you for all the, you know, other stuff, but, you know, if there's a chance of, of even miscarriage, I think they prepare you more than having a stillborn baby. Um, we were out of the neck of the woods, you know, this is the week before the baby's, you know, coming. And so all that was, it was a new, 
a path that I hadn't taken. And so yeah. oh, God. after I um after I after I recovered from that and I still I very much I started getting back into the boat. Um I, I did get back into B school and I started, you know, taking that over and I joined a mastermind group to try to get my thoughts together because my husband is not an entrepreneur. He is an engineer, but not an entrepreneur. And so mm-hmm. being around, you know, other entrepreneurs and kind of getting my hair, head clear, um, that helped with me making my next move. And with wow. Bam, um, Bam came along, two friends of mine from, from the church that I attend, decided they were going to take me to, there's this market in Houston called the Nutcracker Market. And so um, we went to this market and they were so excited, you know, aren't you excited? Aren't you excited? I've been in Houston for, you know, over 13 years and never been to this market. I've heard so much about it, but I've never (laughs) been. And so I was like, I don't know if I'm excited. I don't know what's in here, you know. (laughs) It was a huge convention center, the NRG Center in Houston and we walk in and, you know, it's this huge to-do. I mean, it's it's this huge market of, I guess, anything you could think of that's holiday-related. And I walk in and, um, you know, we're walking around. I'm, in, I'm taking in everything. And um, it wasn't until we split up. We split up because they want to go look at other things. And, you know, I, I wanted to go look at other things. And so we split up. And I remember walking around the market and then realizing that I had not seen any Black-owned businesses in this market. And this is a huge market. It benefits the Houston Ballet. And I was just like, wow, there are a lot of Black families walking around shopping in this market, but there are no Black-owned businesses. businesses. And I love the willow tree figurines. And so I, I think I think – when you're a black person, you just kind of get accustomed to not having things that represent your life, you, mm-hmm. you, you know. And so I would, I paint, I paint my my um, willow tree figurines brown with black hair and make them look like black people. And I remember picking up this ornament at this uh, Nutcracker Market, and it was a beautiful ornament. It had these little, you know, cute little white kids on there, and thinking, okay, how am I going to paint this? Because I'm very creative and I, and I have all these paints at home thinking, okay, how can I make this resemble my family, my boys, my husband, my life? And I got very irritated at that point. And I put it down. I was like, I should not have to do this. I need to just, where can I go to a store where I can just pick up an ornament that really represents <laughs> my family, it's my life? Yeah, right. And so. Uh, I saw that. I put it down. I, I ended up not buying anything else from the market. I think I bought some candy. I have a big sweet tooth. I bought some candy. Um, but I didn't really buy anything else. And I just sat down. I think it was like a whole 40 minutes before we were to leave. And I watched and counted these black families that were walking up and down this market and really realizing that they weren't putting any money back into their communities. And then I realized, well, Somebody needs to do this. Like I didn't realize it was me yet. I was like, somebody, somebody needs to create something for us like this. You know? Somebody has to do that. Sure. I was irritated. I was just like, this is not right. This is just <laughs> these black businesses. They need to be here, you know. And 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 so right. by the time I left, you know, I realized that it needs to be me. You know that this had been going on. This market, this Nutcracker market, had been going on for years and years and years, and no one had created something like that in comparison for black owned businesses. 
And so uh, I called my husband and I was like, hey, babe, I have this idea. I'm going to run it by you. I, you know, tell me what you think of it. But if you don't like it, I'm still going to do it. You know, I'm still, I still got to, I have to do this. And I didn't, like I said, I've, you know, my, my background is in music. And then I, I learned marketing. I learned website development. But event planning, honey, no. Like I did, <laughs> we did our wedding. I did my wedding, but not something like this. I didn't do anything like this before. And so it was supposed to launch in 2016. And I had vendors. I had validation for it. Uh, quite a few vendors, actually. Um, and lots of interest. But I want to make sure with this that if I step out there, that I do it right. And that it's going to some, something that's going to be for the long term. And so I, I hem and hauled quite a bit about, you know, if I was going to go ahead and push it and do it for 2016 or push it back for 2017. And all in all, it all worked out for me to push it back for 2017. You know, the partnerships that I was creating, uh, even the willingness of the event center to be like, oh, no, we could go ahead and put that out for a whole, you know, year. And just everything kind of fell in place. And I think that if you, so, so many people are, are wanting to grow quickly. Uh, and sometimes mm-hmm. they, they grow too quickly where they're not ready for what's coming. And I think that, you know, I know there's a lot of markets that have been popping up now that uh, do, you know, Black-owned uh, businesses and, 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 and that type of thing. But this is something I'm trying to compare with the, the Nutcracker market. I'm trying to make it grow uh, as years go by where it's going to be this big thing. You know, it's not just, you know, not just a business conference or something like that. This is where I want families to be a part of and I want um, children to see, you know, black Santas that look like them and, and just be immersed and, and be okay that you're black or you're a person of color and that it's not weird at all because, you know, you don't see, you know, a, a white sin or you don't see a whiteness is called or whatever you see. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it, I don't yeah, want to I think, I think that, no, I, I think that, that BAM is, is, seems like it's the beginning of what a, a legacy of being um, proud of right. being African-American, of your, your race, your, your color, your, um, the whole experience of the holidays as a black person. Right. And I think that's something that I, I believe that you're, you'll be able to you know, carry on for years and years and scale it all, all across the country. But I do have a question so sure. how does your experience in B-School affect the way you operate BAM? Um, well, like the example I used before about me launching in 2016 and then pumping the brakes and saying, okay, I need to look at this a little bit more and maybe go ahead and, and wait until 2017. Just places to bounce bounce off ideas Um People who get you, like in Facebook and even in networking circles. Okay, let me let me rewind. Mm-hmm. With Creative Call Marketing and me being an entrepreneur, I've been an entrepreneur since 2004 and then started growing and really kind of hit my stride, I guess, with Creative Call Marketing. I went ahead and found, it, found that and, and, and kind of really found my little niche of what I want to do. But even then, it's been pretty obscure. And I did networking. You know, you go to go networking, you meet people. 
But in the area that I was in, it was a lot of um, a lot of white people. That's where we live. It's just my my husband, you know, he's an engineer and he he's a professor. And some of the areas that we live in, um, I didn't meet a lot of black people. So when I started to do BAM, and when I really recognized that with the communities that I go to, even though I don't live there, but when I go to these communities and seeing that the money that is really being disinvested, these these communities, people are not investing in them, and we're not investing in communities. I really, um, I really was concerned about how well people would connect with me on that, um, and how how people would view me because of of how I um, conducted business and how I did certain things and how I thought. And with B school, you know, there's a there's a group for, you know, women, black women are, that are B-schoolers. And that helped a lot with connecting with these women and seeing that I was not different at all, that I was just entrepreneur-minded. <laughs> it's just different. Wow. So um, you're saying that there, there are a bunch of different communities within B-school. So it's not it just is. one, one right. uh, singular group. Well, that's interesting. Right. After you, yeah, after you graduate, um, because they keep, they keep you connected. So you have all these, you know, past B-schoolers. And you have all these different niches of B school that you can join, and it's not really affiliated with B school, but they uh, they 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 give you all these links that people of these groups of these graduates that have created these groups for people to kind of file into. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that's how I met Nicole. And I remember when I started doing BAM, I started, um, you know, I needed vendors, so I started posting in vendor groups, and it was. Uh, it was sort of disheartening some of the reaction I was getting, you know, I was getting that was racist because I was only forming a, um, a market that only catered to black owned businesses. And, you know, if it was a white person doing that, it'd be, you know, considered racist or if it was a, you know, a Latino or Hispanic person doing that, it would be racist, you know, Asians. But I think the most disheartening one that I saw was a, a, a black lady who you know, remarked in one of my, my postings, my invite to sign up to be a vendor, that she said when she clicked on the link and she saw that the business was only for, you know, the market was only for black, um, black-owned businesses, that she immediately left the website. And oh, it got me wow. thinking, it got me thinking how many other black people think that way and I started doing research because you know I like to voraciously read and like to learn (laughs) about what people are thinking and oh my gosh Faith there are so many black people who do not understand the importance of supporting black owned businesses and why we must do so and the economic um, the economic rate right but we've been economically you know our our communities are just oh my goodness and I, I it just really just kind of it, it just dumbfounded me to 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 have that comment, and then also do research and see all these other comments of, you know, blacks. I don't understand why. What's the importance of supporting a black-owned business? I just like to shop, whatever. And I, you know, I have I have family members who say that that their convenience, you know, convenience is their top priority, and they're not realizing that you know there's so many you know companies that are masquerading. I think on one of my Instagram posts. They're masquerading as black-owned businesses, um, and just, you know, really understanding that we are so we're so absorbed with consumerism instead of 
um, instead of community. And so I'm, that's the first thing with BAM is I really want to change people's mindsets. Uh, both Do you think that is by design? Do you think that's by design? I this think it's – well, well, of course, you know, we're, we're a capitalist society, but I think, um, I think we grow up that way. Uh, we grow up thinking that, okay, I have to have the best car and the best shoes, the best clothes, the best hair, um, and, and look – I have to look the part um, and not understanding. It, it just give me – give me what you can give me, you know, because I, I think – I remember my grandmother and my grandfather were like that um, because you, them, when they were growing up, they didn't, they couldn't get the best if they wanted to. They weren't allowed to shop certain places. They weren't allowed to eat certain places and yada, yada, yada. And I think that we're taught that way, that the best of the best is white because we were denied to do that for so long. And so if you can shop white, shop wherever you can shop because I, I think that in that aspect, yes, it's by design. I think that so many, no, yes, it is by design. Because <laughs> when you're growing yeah. up, you're taught that white is better than black. And so I think that just trickles down. It just has to. It trickles down in the way you have a lot of self-hate, self-hate and self-loathing of our people because we're not white. I mean, just look at little Kim, you know, and that's an extreme measure. But I, I think that, I think that, um, it is by design. We're, we're taught that we are less than, and we're not. We have done great things, and I really Absolutely. want to. I really want to waken us back. And, and we say that a lot. You see a lot of posts. Oh, we're great. We're kings, and all of this stuff. But our actions don't follow through with our words. And I really want to change that. Yeah. Well, in our, our final six minutes, I do want to ask you, um, what's next? For you, um, I know you. You've got Bam, and we talked about, um, you know, your amazing rise through this challenging uh, situation that you've had, and that we both share. So, what's next next for you? Um, well, I have a couple of things. I'm I'm always working on something. Um, with you know, there's a Bam Black Friday that's coming up in November. I'm very excited about that, and we'll be opening up. A call for vendors soon, so keep your eyes peeled for that. But I'm also working on when I say change mindsets, I do mean that. I am um, working on uh, a couple of courses that um, that is really uh, just catered toward again black-owned businesses, uh, black-owned black entrepreneurs, um, and not shying away from using that word that I am really catering to blacks. Um, I think we're so scared of that because people are going to call yeah. us, you know, racist. Um, that you're not diverse enough. Um, right now, there is a crisis in mindset. I, I see that there's a crisis in mindset, and there's a way that we, there's a way that we're thinking that is really hindering us. And I really want, I really want to change that. And so, those two things are pretty big. That's that's what's next for me is is the you know the Black Friday market, getting people just just introduce them to your black owned business again. I want that face to face, that old fashioned. Hey, this is me, and I'm selling to you. And I'm a small black-owned business. And how are you doing? You know, buy from me because you're buying from me. You're helping my family, and just doing that. And then also really digging heels into why are we limiting ourselves, and why do others think that black-owned businesses are limited? Even you know this one 
I'm not going to say the company, but a huge company interested in sponsoring me for the Band Black Friday market. And the main question they had was, why was I limiting myself to only Black-owned vendors? And I was just like, wow, we are not limited. <laughs> we just really aren't. And so I really want to change that. Wow. Well, how can people get in touch with you, Sheree? You've got an amazing story. And, you know, there's so many points that you hit from uh, the calling, uh, the call center type uh, positions for uh for caregivers who need a way to stay home and earn money, to your BAM Black Friday, uh, just to your story. How can people get in touch with you? How can they connect? So I'm on Facebook. Everybody's on Facebook, huh? So I'm on Facebook. <laughs> and yes. uh, you, can, you can find me at Sheree, and it's uh, Sheree Cammon, no S. Uh, I know you wish there was more than one of me, but it's only one of me. So no S, <laughs> Sheree Cammon. And um, and easily you can find me on Facebook, Instagram as well, Sheree Cammon. And the same for the BAM market or BAM Black Friday market. And I know that we have one of the links here for Instagram. Um, and so it, it, it's really easy to find me. You can also just go to what, my website at ShereeCammon.com and uh, mm-hmm. contact me that way as well. And I know that the, the BEEDC wants to speak with you. Uh, too, about partnering with the BAM to at their conference in October. So uh, hopefully this will be our last meeting. I know. I'm so excited for you. I feel like I met my twin, my sister from another <laughs> mister. <laughs> so, Cherie, thank you so much. Are there any parting words? I know that I call you the from crusader, from caregiver to crusader, which is oh. what you are. Thank you so much for joining us. Is there, are there any last words that you'd like to uh, share with our audience? Yes, yes, um, I do. If you are looking to be an entrepreneur, a small business owner, please do that. I know that you might think that you don't have the support that you're going to need, but I'm working on it. I'm going to get you the cheerleaders and the cheer, cheer guys or whatever that you need. But we need that in our communities, and we need our children to see you doing that, and you'll be you'll be laying down some serious leg legwork for us and in, in, in later. And remember, the, you know, the Ark was built by amateurs. The Titanic was built by professionals. Which one sunk? Mm. You can do it. Mm, thank you. Some great food for thought, Sheree Cameron. Thank you so much. Anyone, um, our audience, want to get in touch with you? Please uh, check her out on Facebook. And we are going to say goodnight, and we're going to leave on by glory, uh, song glory by India Carney. Have a good evening, everyone. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.